You're tuned to Sirius FM 105.7. Yes, it's the time of the morning uh, where you join us on uh, Quickfire Q&A on a Friday on the segment Mufti Ibrahim Smith on Quickfire Q&A. Mufti Saab, Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. And tell me how you're doing this fine, a beautiful Jumma morning, Mufti. Wa Alaikum Assalam wa Rahmatullahi ta'ala wa Barakatuh. MashaAllah, Rafat in our esteemed listeners, you know, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put khair in barakah and uh, bless us all. On this uh, day of uh, your Jumu'ah, G. Absolutely, Mufti. I can feel the uh, sincerity coming from the heart. Actually, it was your heart uh, talking, not the tongue. But I really appreciate you for that. Uh, the sincerity is so efficacious uh, that the whole dunya is all ears. Uh, let's get to your questions here. This one says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Mufti. Did the EFF uh, basically call for jihad, uh, Mufti? Jihad, <laughs> uh-huh. you know... <laughs> You know, that uh, with all bravery in MashaAllah, that uh, our people, our Muslims, you know, that uh, we support any people, any person uh, that uh, call towards uh, the liberation of uh, our Muslim brothers and sisters in uh, Palestine. So uh, whether he called for jihad or whether he didn't call for jihad, he doesn't have the right to make that call. Nevertheless, he said uh, emphatically that uh, they will arm uh, Hamas when they take power, you know, and uh, they will assist and support the Palestinian cause. So uh, those are words uh, that uh, needs to be uh, understood in its context, meaning that they won't cut ties with uh, the government uh, or the Palestinian people uh, that are in the enclave called Gaza. So for that, uh, we have to give credit to them for being uh, loud and, uh, you know, giving the message out clear to anyone who wants to oppose uh, and look down upon the struggle of the poor Palestinian people. So it wasn't a call to jihad as per se, but it was a call to the rest of the world, and especially South Africans, uh, to support the Palestinian struggle, G. Mufti Saab called for boycotting Israeli products and shops like Woolworths were made. How sustainable is this? Uh, I'm I'm not uh, pro all these type of boycotts, uh, Shafat. I'll tell you why. Uh, you know, because it only has a limited effect, uh, like uh, during the, the alphabet month, uh, people were calling for the boycott of Woolworths, and then uh, immediately a day after that expired, they were back to their old tricks again. And similarly, these people, uh, some of these companies, they're employing thousands of Muslims. So uh, when uh, people don't uh, buy or, uh, or or support, then uh, our people will uh, risk losing their jobs. Who's going to support them? You, we, we don't have a bait or mal that can look after them. One thing is boycotting Israeli products that we can do, uh, you know, by not purchasing stuff that were made in Israel, like uh, your soda stream machines and all these other type of things. And uh, one is a uh, uh, Jewish-owned uh, establishments or shops or Woolworths or all these other franchises that employs uh, both Muslim and non-Muslim people alike, you know. So I'm not, I don't think it is sustainable. Uh, you know, other, other people might feel different. My personal view is that this thing is not sustainable. Our economy is very, very volatile. Uh, there's job scarcity in all these type of things. So if they close their doors tomorrow, we'll have more of our people uh, standing uh, as beggars on the road and standing as, at the different aid agencies uh, for handouts and collections. There should be other effective means of uh, crippling, uh, crippling the Zionist uh, economy, you know. Yes, uh, don't buy the things, don't support them, but uh, don't let it have a limited effect also uh, at the same time. If you're in, in it, and be in it for for forever until you leave this world, you know. Uh, don't be hypocritical about it. Don't march in a uh, anti-Zionist uh, uh, march. 
for the people of Palestine, but then you're marching with the coke in your right hand. I mean, I mean, we've seen all these pictures coming through, people shouting, free, free Palestine, but in the right hand, they've got a big Coca-Cola bottle, and tomorrow they will tell you to boycott Coca-Cola. So uh, I'm not interested in all these type of things. You know, I don't think that it is sustainable, G. Uh, Gee, Mufti, the other day a brother was telling me, you know, if you look at the medical equipment or the, uh, you know, the scalpel they use and the injections, the needles they use and so forth, most of these are technology and uh, all these things are manufactured in Israel. These all have a Zionist connotation and uh, all that. Will you boycott that also, uh, Mufti Saab? This is what he was asking me. How would you answer that, Mufti? Exactly. And then also our cell phones, the chips. Uh, that are inside the microchips, etc., and in many other equipment, uh, you know, your computers, all of these things are, come from uh, from the Zionists, and then your Ford motor cars, there's so many other things, you know, so that's why I say, uh, realistically, it is not sustainable. If you want to boycott, they have a full boycott, uh, not a, a partial boycott, you know, where only uh, you boycott those things uh, that you don't like in any case, so that's why you don't want to buy it, but other things you have to support. So the world has been created like that because of our inefficiencies, we, our inability not to produce these type of things. That's why we're dependent on uh, them uh, for what they've uh, brought to the world in terms of, of medical equipment and other things, etc. If only we've uh, uh, channeled and uh, used our resources properly and empowered our people into these different type of avenues and sciences, then we could have produced our own things and be totally uh, independent from them, G. Well, Mufti, I don't know if this is your pet tubby, uh, topic because this question's coming up on the screen and I'm laughing with the Yusuf here. He says, what guarantee can aid organizations give us uh, that our donations <laughs> reach Gaza? <laughs> so many pledge lines also. Hey, Mufti is a pet topic, people. Let's go for uh, it, Mufti. Yes. I don't know why they every time asking this. Uh, you know, I, we made it clear so many times. Uh, up to date, I think only 57 trucks uh, have been allowed into uh, Gaza uh, with minimum uh, aid, we don't know what's inside the trucks also. We can't see, uh, and we don't know what happens uh, when they cross the border, how much of that aid uh, the Zionists actually allow in. So uh, uh, the only aid that I know that is allowed in right now is UN-sanctioned aid agencies. I will reiterate that, you know, the UN-sanctioned aid agencies, even Qatar, uh, sent two planes and then they put their aid on hold because it is being stockpiled in Egypt and they don't want it to spoil that side. I think spoiling is one thing and they don't want, they don't want it to uh, to be stolen as well. And then don't forget, uh, we don't know what spies and what type of tracing equipment enters uh, these aid trucks, you know, to see where the tunnels and all these things are inside of Gaza. You can't trust the Zionists at all. So uh, for South Africans and those people who want to support. Yes, your time is there to support. You have to support. You have to uh, give uh, financial support uh, besides making do for them and all these type of things. But just ensure that your money is there to uh, uh, to reach the Palestinian people, to reach the people of Gaza and not to enrich organizations. That is all I'm saying. I'm not running down any particular organization or organizations and I'm not depriving the Palestinian people from uh, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed for them in aid. I'm just telling you that you don't want to blame yourself at the end of the day by giving large sums of donations, even on pledge lines, and then uh, your aid does not reach uh, the people of that particular place, G. Yeah, we put a full stop to that, people. Full stop to that question. <laughs> Mufti, Mufti, there's a question for you. Can you read that for the listeners and answer it? It says, Salam, can we listen to Quran on the computer while cooking or doing other chores, etc., like what earphones? Yes for you to do and listen to the Quran. Uh, the, the Quran itself says, you know, with the Quran, 
فَاسْتَمِعُوا لَهُ وَأَمْسِتُوا That when the Qur'an is being recited, uh, then uh, keep quiet and listen attentively to it. So if you can listen attentively to it, why not? Uh, it is better than listening to music and uh, listening to songs and, uh, you know, Islamic songs and all these other type of things. That uh, Listen to uh, the Qur'an. You can play the Qur'an in the background also whilst doing your chores. It will bring some khair and barakah into your home as well, G. Well, Mufti, you saw my answer there. I said yes with the earphone on. Yeah, you know, with the lacquer, big earphones, cushy Gee. ones, put it on. Hey, just pods, focus pods, on the Quran. Yeah. Nowadays, people use pods. Uh, yeah, use the earphones. pods. I know those <laughs> pods. You have to charge it all the time. So anyway, and with the pods to mashallah, and you with that iPod and all that, hey, your child will come out even better back in the Quran there, and you're making, ah, Allahu Akbar. Can a person who wears a urine catheter attend a Juma Salam of the... Yes, so under normal circumstances, you know, we're not allowed to, uh, to take Najasat into the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But in this case, uh, the catheter will be considered as part of the human body, meaning it will be uh, uh, taken into consideration like that of a, a, a normal organ of the body because it is attached to the body. And as long as it is secured, there's no dripping, no leaking, etc., then a person can uh, perform uh, uh, Juma in the Masjid. Not only Salatul Juma, you can go for every other waqt as well. Just make sure that it is sealed completely and there's no uh, dripping or spilling of that urine. G. Assalamu alaikum. An Islamic school charges a detention fees for children who have to sit for detention. Is this allowed? The schools just want to make money about school fees, excursion fees, so many different fees, people struggling nowadays, you know, and uh, while the the service or the level of education has dropped significantly, uh, you can see by the, the type of graduates that graduate from schools, the people, the schools are only imposing penalties and fees upon the children, so that is called the Azir Bil Mal, when they impose the financial pen- penalties on a people, so according to uh, Abu Hanif, you know, it is not permissible uh, to impose uh, financial penalties on people. So schools should find other way uh, when they keep children for detention. The child is already being punished for sitting in detention. Now you still want to impose a financial penalty as well. So uh, they do not be permissible, G. Mufti Saab, can I donate my zakah for a cancer institution? You cannot donate your zakah to the institution. You can donate your zakah to the people suffering uh, with a uh, cancer, you know, so they have to become the recipients of the money, meaning you have to transfer ownership of the zakat money to the actual patient. If you are unable to do that or the uh, patient is unable to uh, take ownership, then the patient can appoint a wakil, meaning uh, the administrator of the hospital, to act on his or her behalf to accept zakat funds for that particular patient, and then that will be permissible then. So either you use a proxy, uh, which we call a wakil, uh, it will take the money on behalf of the patient or you give it to the patient directly to pay for his or her medical expenses whilst being institutionalized in a cancer institute, G. G. Mufti, you can do the next question and answer it. It says, uh, is it permissible to go with my husband's brother, his mother, his wife, and his sister to visit a female relative who is sick? So when you go out of the house, you need a mahram, which you know that the brothers-in-law, Rasulullah Sallam, has instructed us that they like death. You have to treat them like you treat uh, death because from there a lot of fitna will come. 
but uh, this particular uh, group here, because uh, uh, his mother and the entire uh, group of uh, females, what? So you will have to ask your husband's permission in this case if you can exit the home to visit a female relative. You cannot go uh, and you cannot take uh, the, the consent of your brother-in-law because he has absolutely no right over you. Ask your husband's permission and then uh, you can take it from the AG. Mufti, is it true that a Malaysian was arrested at the Rosa by a Saudi police so wearing a Palestinian scarf? I wonder if you're saying free, free Palestine. Palestine will be free, Mufti. Go ahead. I, I saw that uh, circulating on uh, on social media. Many people asked me about it, uh, Shafat. I saw screenshots also of the actual conversation. Uh, this person was detained and later released after six hours of interrogation. So uh, it is not impossible, you know, that we can expect anything happening in Saudi Palestinian uh, people and their close ties uh, with the, the big Shiatin, uh, which mean the, meaning the Zionists and uh, the Americans. So uh, I know that uh, Saudi is a police state, that you can't speak anything there. There's so many spies, etc. Anything that will incite any hatred towards the government, they'll arrest you immediately. So uh, people should uh, be careful and uh, take caution when you go there. That uh, don't uh, keep any of these things on you. You don't want to jeopardize your umrah and your entry and your exit because they will be in you for a couple of years or they will throw you in a prison, you know, and they will forget about you. This is how harsh and difficult life is in uh, Saudi Arabia. There's absolutely no freedom, G. Uh, Mufti Saab, why is Erdogan suddenly making a U-turn regarding Hamas? Yes, we saw. We were all um, uh, shocked, uh, Shabbat, that the same person who was uh, wanted uh, to to go visit Israel on an official state visit, and then afterwards said the only solution is a two-state solution, and now all of a sudden declaring Hamas is not a terrorist organization, saying that Hamas is actually a a, a liberation group, they are freedom fighters, and uh, then having a a spat of words with the rest of the world, you know, with the West particularly, and the Zionists in blaming Israel. I think that is because of uh, pressure from the public. The public started marching. They went to the Israeli embassy. These people all want to be re-elected into power. So now it's either you lose power and uh, you voice your opinion against the atrocities of the Zionists, or you side with the Zionists and you risk being ousted from your seat of power and position. So I think uh, because of that, most probably that that's why he was uh, uh, so, so, you know, like he was. So I don't know that we'll have to wait and see now. Turkey sometimes is also unpredictable. Gee. Well, there's a, uh, hey, read that, Mufti. That's something to do with the water there, Mufti. It says some people write verses from the Quran and erase them with water. Then drink the water. If I object to them, they say it is the words of Allah. And we are seeking healing by means of it. Is doing that permissible? Yes, it's permissible to write verses of the Quran. You can use write it uh, using saffron also. Uh, you can write it, you can drink it. You know, there's nothing wrong. It is called rukia. It's part of rukia treatment. So these things are all based on experience, uh, Shafat. It's not necessarily that everything comes from the hadith. Uh, that you have to do it like this and you have to do do it like that, you know. Sometimes the hakim, the spiritual healer, the person that you go to for Rukia, he will advise you regarding certain matters, and that is based on tajriba experience, same like the medical fraternity, that in most cases the doctor will diagnose you based on experience, based on former treatments with patients uh, of, of patients with similar uh, type of, uh, of of sicknesses or diseases. So in this case also writing uh, verses of the Quran in the water, uh, or throwing it in water and diluting it in water, that is permissible also, G. 
Zakallah khair for that mufti is a salah valid behind an imam that wears his hands below his ankles. Mufti? Yes, so sometimes you have to ask the imam why is he wearing his, his pants below the ankles, you know, instead of just being judgmental because we know whatever is below the ankles out of pride that will be thrown in the fire uh, of uh, Jahannam, uh, you know, whatever is below your ankles that part of your body will be flung into the fire of Jannam. Sometimes it is because the imam is so skinny that he can't hold his pants, and that's why, like in the case of Sayyidina Abu Bakr, his pants used to be sometimes below the ankles, and Rasulullah excluded him from the hadith and said, you're not wearing it out of kibar. So the salah will be valid. The salah will be valid. There's no need to repeat the salah. However, if the imam persists and he does not have a genuine excuse why it's over, over his ankles, then it's best to replace the imam. Gee. Yeah, that's what a brilliant uh, thing that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said. You know, you're not showing pride because uh, the reason for flowing garments and uh, showing off and dragging it on the ground was to get rid of pride. So bring it up. Stop showing off. You know, I can afford another one extra meter. That guy, I can, I can, I can put 10 meters on the floor. But he doesn't know he's cleaning. He's cleaning the mosque yard and cleaning all the other floors there and walking all with it. it. Yeah, all the Najasad. But look at the questions flying in here, Mufti. It's like raindrops here. You have to read that one, two. I don't know the third one is still coming through. But read that top two and uh, give us your uh, your answers on that, Mufti. It says, how, how about shaven imams? So shaven imams, can it be one of two things? Either the imam's beard, it, it is trimmed, or the imam is shaven his beard off completely. So according to Hanafis, he will be considered a fasting then. Uh, you know, that is, uh, if his beard is uh, completely shaven, uh, so Im- an imam, in that case, also you have to replace him, replace him with a muttaqi, a God-fearing imam, an imam that when you look at him, he reminds you of the sunnah, he reminds you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his uh, dress code conforms to that of the sunnah teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Another one, a message coming in here saying some imams here go, go, uh, got short beards, or no beards. Likewise, uh, some similar like, uh, answer that I've given before, you know, that uh, speak to them, ask them what is the reason uh, for, for trimming your beard. Sometimes they have medical reasons because of eczema, skin uh, uh, disease or something. We don't know, Shafat, but uh, what we can do, and that is the hujja for us, the proof for us is to ask them why, and if they don't give us a satisfactory shari reason, then I always advocate that then in that case it would be permissible for you uh, to change uh, the imam and to put someone else there, inshallah. Gee, Gee Mufti, I'm making you do overtime here. Yeah? Okay, I'll pay you times <laughs> 10 for that. Okay, yeah, let me do this one then. Uh, sometimes only one doctor is on call and he goes uh, to offer his uh, prayer. And whilst he is uh, praying, he is notified of uh, an emergency case. Should he interrupt his prayer so that uh, the patient will not be harmed because of his delay? Or what should he do? That's a interesting question, Mufti. It's a very, very interesting question, Shavat. You have to do here with your own spiritual prayer that will give you life in the Akhirah, and then you have to do with saving a life here at the same time. So what you can do is you can shorten your prayer, meaning shorten your kira'ah, shorten your reading uh, to the bare minimum that is required in Salah, and uh, then do your rukun, your sujood as normal, and then uh, p- perform your salah. You know, complete your salah if you've already started your salah. Because how long does it take for you to read salah to Dhuhr or Asr? And those are the long salah, uh, you know, the four rakat salah. It will take you three minutes, four minutes uh, if you shorten your kirah, you know. So complete your salah, and then uh, you can always do your nafal salah again after that. And then you can uh, tend to the patient that uh, is sick. 
so that would be my advice in uh, this case. Uh, instead of breaking your salah and then uh, getting busy and uh, saving the life, or, or perhaps it might not be such an emergency, then the time for salah will go also in you. You will have to be answerable by Allah for missing that salah as well, G. Well, Mufti, I can tell you, great. I mean, look at the questions. We've got, got thousands who will literally answer, but the time is up. Your parting words are this morning. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, grant our people in Palestine, Allah alleviate them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, send down rain upon them, may Allah send down sustenance from the sama upon them, inshallah, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them victory over the enemies of Islam. Jazakumullah khairan, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to our mufti Ibrahim Smith. A big jazakallah khairan to all of you for sending in uh, those questions. Uh, Yusuf Asmal, jazakallah for top tech. Uh, keep it locked on to Sirius FM. Uh, for beautiful broadcasting and lovely Nasheed interspersed, uh, inshallah, we'll be having a spiritual hour where the uh, noble Quran will be pay- played, uh, also the 40 Druz, and I'm not forgetting uh, the translation of the Juma Qutbah from the Holy Lands by Mufti A.K. Hussein. From the team and I, till we meet you again, we bid you, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.